It's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> hey, Taylor, what time of year is it? It's the most wonderful time of the year, Brian. It's Christmas, or for those who are really liturgical, Advent. There you go. And so we want to have a Christmas episode today, and uh, we're so thankful that you joined us for the Echo Podcast. Thank you. I'm Taylor. I'm Brian. And welcome to the Echo Podcast. Where we are looking for truth in the noise. And terribly singing Christmas songs. So do you have a favorite Christmas memory or just maybe a fun Christmas memory? I have a fun Christmas memory. Um, I, I, it, it's hard to imagine a world without cell phones. And yet for the majority of my life, I have not had one. And that's, a, that's an odd thing to say. Uh, but I remember the first Christmas that my brother and I both got cell phones. I was already driving, um, enjoying life, you know, with the new freedom. And on Christmas morning, I got a box and all of a sudden it started to ring and vibrate. And I opened it and I had my first cell phone and I was thrilled, I was ecstatic, until my brother's box started doing the same thing and he wasn't even driving. Oh. Oh, <laughs> oh it bothered me. It bothers me to this day. I'm like, what, what, what do you mean? Like, I'm driving, I'm, I'm the older sibling, I should get this before. To be fair, I did get it before. We just got it on the same day. I just got it a couple minutes earlier. <laughs> it's still, I, mm, Yeah, mm. like why would you possibly need a cell phone why? if you're not driving? Exactly. Useless. Absolutely. I mean, that's the only time we should use cell phones is when we're driving. Uh, what are we talking about? Uh, what well, about you? Do you have uh, a Do you have a weird? I, I funny do. Story? It, it's funny that this is like the first memory I often think of, and it's just a goofy one. But we had spent a Christmas at my grandparents' house, spent the night there, mm -hmm. and we had come home. And I think the reason we stayed the night was because it had snowed and iced and all of that stuff, and so we didn't want to drive home at night. So we spent the night. And then we drove home the next day, and it was a short drive, but we didn't want to be out uh, past dark. And so we drove home that next morning, got there, and we had, again, we're dating ourselves here. Uh, not only was it the time before cell phones, it was the time before garage door openers for oh, most goodness. people. I was the garage door opener. And so I would get out of the car and go up and open the garage door, except it was frozen shut. We could oh, not snap. open it. And we couldn't get our keys in the front door. Everything was frozen. And so I was the youngest one in the family. And the only way to get into the house was for me to take off my coat and big sweatshirt and to get through the doggy door that got into the garage. <laughs> and I was able to squeeze through the doggy door and then get through and kind of open the doors from the inside out. And for some reason, I always think about that, that memory of getting through the doggy door on Christmas. That weird. That is that is a weird memory. It's not even like I don't know why I like it, but me neither. <laughs> maybe maybe one of these days it's going to come back and be handy. I don't know. Kids, when back in my day, we didn't have garage door openers or we cell had phones. Doggy doors. That's what we had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So one of the things that I love about scripture is the use of names. 
and names especially in the old in the old testament they mean something and it contributes to the story and we see that god can often change somebody's name or that he can um or, or, or re-emphasize what it means um this time of advent we jesus has given a lot of different names and a lot of different uh, meanings behind those names and i and i know that um uh, you wanted to talk about a, a two particular names so um, what are they? What do they mean and why should they matter to us? Yeah, and I was going to add that just culturally, many cultures in the world, names are still really significant. We just kind of miss that here a little bit. But there's a church from most of the folks are immigrants or refugees from Eritrea, and they use our church building and they become great friends and, and brothers and sisters. And they talk about the meaning of names. I've really been listening to them. In fact, one of my friends wrote a whole book a commentary in the book of Ruth where he just unpacks the meaning of the names and I can't understand it because it's written in his own language and it hasn't been translated to English yet. I do have a copy of it um, but names mean a lot so the two names I want to talk about today that do have meaning are Ichabod and Emmanuel. Wait Ichabod isn't that the character from Washington Irving's The Legend of Sleepy Hollow? Something like that. And also, if ever we have another child, I'd certainly want to name him Ichabod. Just a beautiful, it is wonderful... It doesn't sound like somebody's spitting at you at all. Not Ichabod Crane or anything. So, okay. <laughs> uh, but Ichabod was the name that the wife of Phineas gave their son. Phineas had a dad named Eli, who was the priest in Israel. And... Uh, I don't want to unpack the whole story, but you can read it in 1 Samuel 4. The Israelites, um, and especially the religious leaders, were not faithful to God. And they had been routed at war, and they had lost the Ark of the Covenant, had been taken from them, and Phinehas had died. Everything had gone wrong for this woman. Yeah. And uh, uh, they lost what was most treasured to her family and to her faith. And she is pregnant and about to give birth as she hears this terrible news that her life has been ruined and ripped apart. And she gives birth and she gives him the name Ichabod, which means the glory of the Lord is departed. Whew. I mean, you're just thinking like that could almost be like the beginning of a movie that just yeah everything is How wrong. How has this not been made into a movie yet? Yeah, it, everything is so sad and so depressing. So that's what the word Ichabod means. Fast forward, uh, if you want to go to your Bibles to Isaiah 7 and read about this, then is actually within the framework of a rebuke in which Isaiah... Uh, is, re is rebuking King Ahaz. God has directed, given him the words to say. And he tells him, um, hey, you can, you can test me uh, uh, and find out what is right for you. And King Ahaz doesn't, and what God is inviting him to do is to find out what is true. And okay. what is good. Yeah, God's it's a, that God, kind of testing. Right, because we're not we're told not to put the Lord right. on God to the test. Usually, Even Jesus says that when he's being yeah, tempted. Yeah, Jesus says, quit testing me. Yeah. Um, but here, God actually says, yeah, go ahead and find out. Test me on this one. But the reason is and, because... And Ahaz doesn't want to because he doesn't want to find out the truth. Or right. He wants to do his own thing. He wants to make a treaty with this other country and rely on their power as opposed to God's power. And so he says, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. And God rebukes him for this through Isaiah and says, hey, this virgin, which really 
probably could just be translated this young lady. Yeah, either or. It doesn't take away from the virgin birth later. Nope. But this young lady is going to give birth to a boy, and he will be called... Oh, it doesn't quite get there yet. Not yet. Um, but it says he will he will grow up in this wilderness, and he will know what is right and what is wrong. And God is getting at even this little boy gets it, and the king doesn't know yeah, what is right that weird and wrong. Um, but this young lady will give birth. And so this story has meaning. And then fast forward 700 years, and this whole story takes on a whole new meaning when Joseph... Um, has a visit from an angel who says the virgin will give birth. Yeah. And you, and this is where it adds to the story, will give him the name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And since Mary and Joseph were both very good Jews, they know what the name means. Yeah. They, they, they know the connotation yeah. behind what's happening, which we don't always talk about. Right. Mary, did you know? Yes, she did. <laughs> yes. You should write a song. <laughs> Yes, Mary knew. <laughs> so stop singing about that. <laughs> wow, you, we're going to get hate mail for that so one. So much hate mail. Okay. Um, so if you just kind of do a little compare contrast, really all it is is contrast with these two names. Ichabod, the glory of the Lord has departed. Emmanuel, God with us. Mm. The glory of the Lord is here. And Joseph experienced that, and Mary experienced that, the shepherds experienced that, the wise men experienced that. Everyone in the Christmas story is celebrating and in awe and in wonder of the glory of the Lord is here. Simeon and Anna were like, God is with us now. Even John the Baptist and Elizabeth's womb recognized Mm. the presence of God with us. Yeah, and that just changes everything. It changed everything for them. And it should change everything for us. And if I can just be a little pastoral, we probably have some listeners who are in a moment, and maybe the moment isn't as severe as what the wife of Phineas was experiencing, and maybe it is. And maybe you are grieving if you lost a loved one. I know our church just did a grief share surviving the holidays. And uh, our good friend Dave... um, Uh, led this class of people who are trying to figure out how do I get through the holidays in grieving the loss of a loved one? How do I survive these these moments and these days? So some of you are really grieving and maybe some of you are just struggling with what is the purpose? Um, How do I get through another Christmas season? What is 2021 going to look like? And you're frustrated or you feel alone. And I just want to remind you and and let you know that God is with you. And that's the promise of the Lord is that he wants to be with you. And we read on in in the Bible where Jesus really has these constant invitations to people of come be with me, yeah. come follow me, and I want to be with you and I want you to be with me. And so uh, leave your fishing nets here and come follow me. Uh, leave your tax collector's booth because uh, I want to be with you. And all through Jesus' life, him inviting people and the most unlikely of people. And you may be thinking you're the most unlikely person. And yet Jesus is saying, come be with me. I want to be with you. And even as Jesus is ready uh, to ascend after his ministry, after his death, after his resurrection, uh, 
some of his parting words are, I will be with you always, even to the very end of the age, because God with us still. Yep, through the and presence so, of his spirit. Yeah, and, and that's Acts 2 of when the people hear this first ever kind of Christian sermon given post uh, Jesus being walking with them. Uh, P- they say, how can we be saved? And Peter says, repent and be baptized and you will receive the gift of the Holy, your, your sins will be forgiven and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit because again, God with us. Yep. And so all through scripture, we see this theme of God wanting to be with his people and inviting you uh, to be with him. So a little pastoral moment. I think, I think pastoral moments are really good. We, we have to remind ourselves of the gospel, whether mm-hmm. whether that's from a podcast, thank you for listening, or from the daily, the discipline of reading scripture, uh, meditation and prayer. Uh, we It is so easy, even for Christians, to get caught up in the world and how things are going. And this has been a year where things have often felt hopeless. Yeah. And there's just been unrest. And I'm reminded that our hope and our, our peace and our rest, it doesn't come from what we convince ourselves is true, but it comes from God himself, that God is our peace when there is no peace. God is our rest when we have no rest. Hebrews reminds us that Christ experienced and was tempted in every way that we are, but without sin. And that should give us pause and that should give us a, a, a sense of security in the craziness of the world. You know, even John says, um, uh, you know, have, don't fear the world, because I've overcome it. Mm. He did that while with us. Yeah. And everything that Christ accomplished is now available to us through the Holy Spirit. That is encouraging and that is comforting. And and we're not alone this Christmas. No matter how alone you think you are, we're not. Yeah. We've been uh, doing an Advent devotional with our family. And we just sit on the living room floor and it's been it's been very simple. Maybe I'll put a link to it in the in the notes here, if you are looking for something with your family. It's been very simple. It's a devotional. We read a scripture, we read a psalm, we listen to a song, and we look at a piece of art. And we do all of that mm-hmm. in the span of 15 minutes, and we just kind of sit around, we have a prayer, and we talk for a little bit. But it's just been good to have this rhythm of remembering that God is with us and that he came to be with us. And I love this season as well. I, I would like to take and maybe just offer a bit of application that encourage you to do something with your family or with a, a friend, uh, some type of connection where you can just have some moments to remember that, that Jesus came to be with us and that God still wants to be with you. And to have that reminder through this season is really important. You don't have to say anything spectacular. You don't have to give some great sermon, but just find a simple way to do that. And that's a way that you can lead your family and your friends in a really positive way that helps them uh, remember this promise of Emmanuel. And if I can encourage you that over the holidays with this extra time on your hand, find some productive ways to do that because social media has suddenly made us feel like other people are always with us. Mm. Like my friend in the other state is with me and sometimes that's really cool. You can see the picture of their new baby and that's wonderful, and you can stay connected to some people. But some of that is also fake. Yeah. That if you get a like on Instagram, are they really with you? Mm, uh, that's really good. I like I that. I mean, maybe there's a little connect, but suddenly we feel like maybe a hundred people or a thousand people are with us, and we long for them to feel with us. And social media has, has its 
major problems with it, but we'll talk about sometime. But I would encourage you, don't spend every waking moment or even very many waking moments just on social media over the holidays, trying to fill up with other people being with you, even in kind of a fake digital way. Yeah. But find a few people that can really be with you and and certainly spend time with the Lord. So uh, we want to just ask God's blessing on you over this uh, Advent and Christmas season to remember uh, that you may feel like Ichabod, but the truth and the promise is Emmanuel. I'm Taylor. And I'm Brian. Thanks for listening to the Echo Podcast. Where we are looking for truth in the noise. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas.